Hello and welcome to BTC Radio. I'm Kevin Mitchell, founder of the Business Travel Coalition and your host. Our guest today is Steve Scherr, president of the Travel Technology Association and a leading voice on public policy issues impacting the independent distribution of travel. And he represents the world's leaders in travel technology. Today, we will discuss Steve's recent testimony before the House Small Business Subcommittee on Economic Growth, Tax, and Capital Access. We will also look at a range of issues, including travel distribution, the short-term home rental space, and the role of travel management companies. Steve, welcome back to the show. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Hey, tell us a little bit um, briefly about the Travel Technology Association, or Travel Tech, for new listeners to the show. Sure. Travel Tech is the industry association for independent distributors of travel. Our members include the world's leading GDSs, Sabre, Amadeus, and Travelport, online travel agents such as Priceline, Expedia, MetaSearch sites like Skyscanner and TripAdvisor, short-term rental platforms, Airbnb, HomeAway, VRBO, and others, and as well as the TMCs, uh, American Express, Global Business Travel, Carlson Wagonly, and BCD Travel. So our members, the common thread that that binds all of our members is that they are true intermediaries that connect consumers with suppliers and deploy the technology that allows the marketplace to thrive and for consumers to get access to all the options and to book their travel. And so we're really proud to represent such a great industry and a great organization and great companies. So what role did you play during the hearing and what categories of travel participants did you specifically represent that day? The hearing by the subcommittee was really about travel and tourism's impact on small businesses, and clearly our members are not small businesses. So I thought it was a really unique opportunity for Travel Tech to be able to testify at such a hearing. And what we were able to discuss and tell members of Congress is how our members facilitate the travel marketplace and also how, how they help small businesses directly and indirectly. As you know, travel and tourism is such a huge part of our economy. And anytime someone hits the road, they're spending money. And oftentimes, the beneficiaries of those expenditures are small businesses across America. And so the committee really wanted to look at how travel and tourism impact small businesses and what can we do to make our travel and tourism economy better and make it thrive. And I was happy to be there to provide some insight about our industry and what we do for small businesses across the country. Can you remind our listeners of what the global distribution systems or GDSs provide to the industry and to consumers? I like to refer to our GDS members as the unsung heroes of the travel marketplace. Many people outside of our industry have never heard of a GDS, but they have all benefited from them if they've ever searched, compared, or booked uh, travel. And so what the GDSs really provide is the ability for travel agents to serve their clients for consumers via an OTA, for example, to have access to all the information they need to make an informed choice. And without these technology titans, uh, that would be a much more difficult task where consumers would have to visit dozens, if not uh, more, supplier websites, write all the information down, figure out what their best options are, and then try to make an educated decision based on all that. The GDS has streamlined all that. They do much more than what I just described, but really for the consumer, it's about access to the marketplace and being able to comparison shop across brands and to see all of your options in one place. And that's the power of the GDS. At the subcommittee, we talked about how GDS has helped small businesses, particularly small business travel agents who are powered by the GDS. Uh, the vast majority of agents, as your audience knows, across the country are small businesses and rely on the technology that our GDS members provide. Well, that's substantial value. What about the online agencies and meta search sites? Where do they add value for airlines and even other suppliers as well as consumers? Yeah, the OTAs and MetaSearch sites provide benefits to consumers and small businesses and suppliers in a, in a variety of ways. Uh, first, 
OTAs and Metasearch sites through their marketing, advertising, promotions, and deals, they actually inspire people to travel. They're getting people to dream about the next great place to go, the next vacation. They're getting them literally off their couches and into their cars and into airplanes to go and explore this great country in the world that we have. And so through their marketing, they, they benefit the travel and tour, tourism economy tremendously by truly inspiring people to travel, which I think um, pays dividends not only economically, but culturally and every other way. Um, as far as what they do for suppliers, obviously their distribution mechanism for all suppliers, whether it's air, hotel, car, rail, insurance, and they give these suppliers access to a big segment of the marketplace who choose to shop for travel via OTAs and Metasearch sites. So their value to the supplier community is incredible. And getting back to our testimony in Congress related to small businesses, what I talked about is how these companies help independently owned properties, small hotels, for example, who are able to distribute and market their properties alongside the world's giant hotel brands without having to have the same marketing budget as those big brands. Just by being listed on an OTA, give these small independent properties the visibility that they would never get or would never be able to afford had, if they had to go about it themselves. And Steve, I think the number is close to 40% of consumers shop on OTAs or Metasearch, and then they go to the supplier or the airline directly. So at no cost whatsoever, the airlines seem to get two bangs for the buck. First, as you pointed out, there's the overarching promotion of travel, which helps the suppliers. And then there's the shopping aspect that leads to a direct turn from the consumer over to the uh, supplier for free. Am I correct? That's right. That's right. And Cornell University looked at this several years ago, and then they actually recently updated their study, and it's known as the billboard effect. And what Cornell found was that just by being listed on an OTA increased direct bookings on hotel websites by 9%. So what that tells you is consumers are using online travel agent and meta search sites as a shopping engine, and then oftentimes uh, making the decision to go right to the supplier directly. So there's tremendous benefit for suppliers to be partnering with online travel agents and Metasearch sites to distribute their products and services um, because that's where leisure travelers particularly are seeking the information they need to make an informed choice. And oftentimes, the suppliers get that benefit directly uh, when the consumer chooses to go to their own website. Steve, here's a concern of mine that I'd like your thoughts on. Airlines obviously compete in the marketplace for commercial airline services, but they also, through their e-commerce websites, they compete in the marketplace for the distribution of all manner of travel services. Because four airlines now control some 80% of the domestic air market, they have unprecedented leverage over distributors, especially those meta-search sites with, with whom they compete for the consumer's business. So my question is, how have the airlines used that extraordinary leverage vis-a-vis -vis the meta-search sites? That's a great question, Kevin. And, and the reality is that the, the product of air travel has become more complex. And by that, I mean, as, as airlines have unbundled all of the ancillary services from the base fare, um, they have branded branded uh, seat classes, they have different prices for different bags, and a, and a whole host of ancillary services that they now offer. The fact is that those ancillary services are making their way to the marketplace through OTAs and meta-search sites by uh, commercial agreements that are taking place behind the scenes. But in our view, it's not prolific enough. And it's really difficult for consumers now to have access to the information, all the information they need to know what a total itinerary is going to cost them when they travel. Now, with, with respect to their 
influence over the independent distribution channel. What we're seeing is that airlines are picking and choosing who gets to have access to even basic fare and schedule information. And we're not talking about airlines having to do business with every single online travel site, MetaSearch site. We're just talking about the free flow of basic fare and schedule information, which is public information that MetaSearch sites and OTAs need in order to serve their consumers, uh, to give the consumers the information they need to make an informed choice when they're shopping for travel. And so the airlines have an, an immense amount of influence, and they're exerting that influence on distributors of that information. Uh, we believe that information is public information, is not protectable, and that consumers should have access to, to basic fare and schedule information. I really want to emphasize, though, we don't support the airlines having to do business with every single online travel site and MetaSearch site. Uh, that's clearly not what we're advocating for. Everyone knows, for example, that Southwest Airlines doesn't distribute their products and services via online travel sites, and, and that's their business decision. That's perfectly fine. Um, but what they also don't do is inhibit MetaSearch sites, for example, from telling you, the consumer who happens to be shopping for a flight, that Southwest has an option that matches your search criteria. And then you could go to southwest.com to find more information or to book that travel. And so it's about the free flow of information. It's about consumers being able to comparison shop. And really what happens when the consumers don't have the ability to comparison shop? And, and our research in 2015 found that uh, consumers will often pay more if they can only find the information on the airline's own website. And some of them, because their search costs increase and they have to spend more time trying to figure it all out, will just throw up their hands and not travel at all. And that's a really bad thing for our travel and tourism economy. Well stated. Let's switch gears a bit. I know that you provided the committee with insight to the short-term rental business. Can you take us through what you shared with the members? Yeah, again, getting back to the subject of the committee, which is how does our industry benefit small businesses. And the short-term rental industry has grown in popularity over the years. So renting one's home is nothing new. It's been going on for centuries. Uh, but these platforms, these technologies have made it more convenient for owners to reach consumers and for consumers to find properties that they would like to rent for a short-term rental. And from the short-term rental industry standpoint, it really has created an entire new category of small businesses that are supporting the short-term rental economy. And that's everything from cleaning companies to software companies to even manufacturers of products and services that owners use to help manage uh, their short-term rentals. Everything from smart locks, where you can send a code to a traveler and say, here's the code to my home, uh, and um, change that code when that traveler leaves. And so it really has generated or facilitated an entire new sector of small businesses who are servicing that marketplace. And the short-term rental, uh, the growth of short-term rentals, the popularity of short-term rentals is only continuing to rise. And so what we're going to see is that um, the short-term rental platforms, the short-term rental industry is going to continue to grow and evolve. It's going to be a job creator, certainly great for communities where these short-term rentals exist. In particular, many times these short-term rentals are not in the traditional downtown convention center or business districts. They're in neighborhoods uh, right on the outskirts of town. And when travelers stay there, they're visiting small businesses in those communities. So those restaurants and retail and services that traditionally have never seen economic activity from travel and tourism are now getting the benefit of these short-term rental visitors. That's a great value they're adding. Travel management companies, or TMCs, are, are legendary for the value that they offer corporate, university, and government travel programs. How do you explain their role to the committee? Yeah, our TMC members play an absolute vital role for many business travelers, obviously, uh, not only just in terms of the efficiencies that they provide in the in the booking of travel, but the duty of care they provide while their clients or their, their employees are, are on the road. And I talked about, once again, how an important sector uh, the business travel community is uh, to small businesses. Of course, when they're on the road, they're spending money as well and uh, really facilitates uh, 
economic growth and activity for the travel and tourism economy. And so without these TMCs who are able to, to streamline the travel process, make it easier for business travelers to, to get on the road and be on the road, um, that all in and of itself benefits small businesses while these travelers are out there. Uh, you know, and, and these are, these, are tra- these are frequent travelers who are oftentimes um, spending a lot of money while they're traveling and, again, once again, benefiting small businesses everywhere they go. Was there anything that came up from the committee members or witnesses that was of particular surprise to you? Yeah, well, the committee was, the hearing was really supposed to be a very positive hearing about travel and tourism and how it impacts small businesses. I I did get a few questions from some members on the panel uh, related to short-term rentals and their impact on affordable housing and short-term rentals uh, and their impact on uh, on. whether short-term rentals should be subject to the same commercial conditions as a as a traditional hotel. So I thought that was a little bit surprising, but uh, certainly um, answered the the congressman's questions directly, which is that in order to really understand how short-term rentals impact affordable housing in a market, you just need to look at the total number number of housing units in a given market, and then the total number of units being offered as short-term rentals, and do the math. And typically, that number is extremely low. The example I always like to point out is that. Housing in San Francisco was an expensive proposition long before Airbnb ever existed, right? Airbnb and the other short-term rental platforms didn't make housing more expensive in any of these markets. In fact, for many homeowners, they've enabled them the ability to stay in their homes by earning a little extra income because the housing market is so expensive. Uh, These short-term rental opportunities have provided extra income that have allowed thousands of homeowners to actually stay in their home. Let's put the hearing to the side. What are the major challenges that you are facing in general in 2018, and what are some of your strategies and activities? Well, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, we continue to see um, attacks on our industry at the local, state, and federal levels from a public policy standpoint. So we're going to remain vigilant. We're going to make sure that uh, we continue to fight for the travel marketplace for consumers to have access to the information they need, for consumers to be able to stay in short-term rentals if they choose, and for homeowners to rent out their homes on these great short-term rental platforms. We continue to fight against proposed tax increases on travel agents across the country, and uh, we're going to do everything that we can to prevent those new taxes. Because we believe anytime you tax travel and tourism, uh, it actually will have the, n- the negative net impact that states are seeking. They may generate a little bit of tax revenue, but the opportunity cost of taxing travel agent service fees is very high because consumers may choose to not stay in that state as lodging costs increase. And then at the federal level, what we're expecting from the Department of Transportation is, is uh, a deregulatory agenda. They're taking a look at a lot of the consumer protections that have been on the books at DOT for air travel uh, for many years and wondering or contemplating whether some of those consumer protections should be rolled back or undone. So we're going to be vigilant on those fronts as well. In that regard, I understand that many consumer groups have tried to meet with the secretary and they keep getting bumped down to assistance, yet the secretary is meeting with all the CEOs of these major travel suppliers, but no concern whatsoever, it seems, for consumer welfare in any of this. Right, and that's something that consumer groups, consumers, uh, the travel uh, distribution community needs to, to pay attention to. Uh, we know that the DOT is looking at a variety of proposals on consumer protection issues. Uh, there will be opportunities for the public to comment 
when these formal proposals are announced. So it's really important for everyone to stay vigilant, to stay on top of these topics, and not let the department uh, just roll over in terms of consumer protection, because that's what the airlines have asked them to do. Uh, We need to maintain that voice of the traveling public and ensure that those consumer protections remain intact. And of course, the challenge is the airlines are in DOT every single day of the week, and consumer groups simply try to get in there when there's a fire to put out, and that's a strategic issue, I think. Is there anything we did not cover, Steve? I think we covered it all, Kevin. Uh, I'm happy to have the opportunity to tell you a little bit about the public policy issues related to independent distribution of travel. And if anyone out there is interested in learning more, you can visit traveltech.org. I encourage you to sign up for our newsletter uh, called The Passport. It comes out once a month, and we cover all these topics and give you some insight into what's happening out across America from a public policy standpoint. So thank you. Steve, thank you for your many insights today. Well, that's it for this edition. For the entire team here at BTC Radio, thank you for tuning in. Thank you.